Hello, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This is a safe space where mamas can talk openly about their highs and lows of motherhood and to look deeper into who they are as women and their journey into motherhood. We may agree and disagree or cry and laugh, but one thing for sure is we will learn from one another and have a great time. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with Mrs. Tanya Brody, who is a yoga instructor, holistic healer, if that's safe to say, a mother and all the great things of self-care and love. Welcome, Tanya. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So why don't we go on and discuss who you are, your motherhood journey, family life, and the beauty and chaos of having nine children. Go ahead. Speak, speak on it all. (laughs) All right. So my name is Tanya Brody. Yes. And I am a yoga instructor, sound healer, meditation. I actually went over to Rashikesh, India to get my certification in that. Yep. Was there for 30 days. I lived there, (laughs) lived there for 30 days with a group of other women and it was absolutely amazing so that's where I went to get my certification came back so that I can teach it to my people it's something I started doing heavily probably about four or five years ago I started Mm -hmm. my yoga journey again I I did it when I was 17 when I was pregnant with my son but I started over again about four or five years ago had two babies (laughs) had two babies in between that so yeah it's it's been pretty great I'm excited about this journey. I'm excited to bring this back and teach the folks what they need to know about taking care of themselves um, mentally, physically, and spiritually. So there's a lot to unpack there, and I love it. First off, Mm -hmm. I want you to tell me what was the inspiration into doing yoga at 17? Because, you know, you've got to be close to, to my age, close, maybe you're in your 30s? Yes, I'm actually 38. Oh, I'll be 38 this year. Okay. So yeah. I'm not, so I'll be 39 this year. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So and you don't look it, but I'm just thinking like, okay, you have not, you know, I'm like children. So I'm trying to add that up. So, you know, some years ago, yoga was a thing, but it wasn't a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So what was the inspiration into joint doing that? And then you have to discuss about India and what called you to go there other than I know that's kind of like the, the birthplace of it, I guess, if, if you want to call it, if I'm saying it correctly, but yeah. So what was your initial inspiration? And then what was that experience like and, and the call to go to India? Okay. So at 17, I was in Hillcrest High School, pregnant with my son. And, you know, I can't, this is my second child because I had my first child when I was 14. So when I was 17, I was at Hillcrest High School in New York and they had all these gym classes and they gave us everything to choose from. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to do regular gym right now um, because I'm pregnant. And we had a yoga instructor and she was absolutely amazing. A woman of color. She was just so great. Her energy was always high. And I was like, okay, well, let me, let me get into this. I want to do this. And I absolutely loved her class. Her class was just like, I think I can talk to anyone from high school right now and ask them about her class and they will remember it was just so amazing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome that she left that much of an impact. And then is it something that you stayed with the class or it was like, okay, after the class, you couldn't find yoga studios. Or it was just like, that was what you had. And that's what you went with. 
that was what I had. That was what I went with. And I left it after Mm -hmm. I left that school. I I don't even think I really thought about yoga much until I got back on Instagram. And that was probably about in 2015, maybe. And yes, I saw so many beautiful women of color practicing yoga and I was like Mm -hmm. oh let me get back into this so I started practicing again Mm -hmm. and I noticed the changes that were taking place inside of me and inside of my home because I became way more calmer I started to look more at myself and why I was reacting the way that I'm reacting to certain situations Mm -hmm. and yeah I'm figuring out me more so I'm like okay this is something that I need to really go deeper into. So I started to meditate more. And and then I just got that call in to go to Reshikesh because at first I was going to stay here in Georgia and I was going to do my training here in Georgia. And my husband actually had went to Jacksonville at the time. And when he came back, he came back with a story. He met a lady who did her yoga teacher training and she told him to tell me to go overseas for the experience. And because it's cheaper, do you know, it was way cheaper over there. (laughs) Excuse me. Yes. The trip, the flight, the school, everything was at least $2,000 cheaper than it would have been for me to stay here and only go to class on the weekends. America. (laughs) And where in India, like I said, that's like, that's kind of the, the, the start, you know, right. Yeah, they call it the home, the home. Correct. Yeah. Um, wow. And you got to go to another country, another continent, get this, you know, amazing training and it was cheaper than the United States. <laughs> yes. Yes. Amazing training, amazing experience. I met women from all around the world, but we still keep in contact. I have friends in Australia, friends in Dubai, where else? With Switzerland, like, and we just keep in contact. So even if it's just through Instagram and we're saying, hey, I love your story, we we keep in contact. It's it's the connection. It's the group, the village. Yes, it it was an amazing experience just to see how the people love one another over there. Yeah. And did you go by yourself? Did your husband go yeah. like wow? I went alone. Go girl. <laughs> now was that he your first time home. traveling that far overseas? Yes, that was my first time flying internationally and staying for 30 days. Yes. 30 wow. so, days. Well, was, was that culture shock? Like, and you know, yeah, talk a little bit about that because I've never been to India. I have been to Africa and I've been to oh, yeah. Thailand, but I've Ooh. never been to India, and that is a place on my list. Tell me what that experience was like and that culture shock of, because you had to, to, to go from there. Like, you know, some people, they like, they'll fly, mm-hmm. like maybe little, but you went like India. What was that like, <laughs> you know? And where did you stay? All of that. And then we'll kind of get into mom life with nine children. Okay. So I stayed at the school. It was called Aha Yoga. So we, Aya Yoga, I'm sorry, we stayed there. They gave us room, board, food. They fed us Sunday through Friday. I think the only time we had to get a meal was on our own was Saturday. And I don't know. I I think that being there just changed me completely because this the culture over there, they are so loving. When you see people, I think it's any other country that I go to when I when I travel, I notice that the people are so loving. They talk to you and they they want to love on you and, and just, you know, speak to you about your culture and things like that. Yeah. And I thought that was just amazing because they would come up to me and they would touch my hair. And, you know, instead of, 
hey, don't touch me. You know, it's it's out of curiosity. They really want to know, like, this is, and they're telling you it's so beautiful and how you get it like that. And, yeah. You know. And you knew it was coming from a place of love and not like a Ill negative or malicious. Yeah. Yeah. Or anything <laughs> like that. They were like, wow. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like when you do travel, you just have gratitude because you see you know, especially if people have less than what we have, you know, or what right. we see and what they're right. with, and they're so full of gratitude. You're like, how can I ever complain? Right. I mean, we're walking on dirt roads with cows and dogs next to us and there's men holding hands and loving wow. each other like brothers, like their brother. If we see that here in America, we automatically assume that they're in a relationship and yeah. no, these are friends, they're brothers, they're holding hands. And and I noticed that with the women from the other countries, when we would walk the streets, they would grab each other's hands. They would grab my hand. And that's how we, we would walk. Like a safety, like sisterhood. We're, we're yes. Hold- wow. Exactly. So that is just something that I will forever hold on to and something that needs to be spread because I feel like this world would be such a better place if we all just exude love. Yeah, no, I agree. So, and when did you go? When was that? What year? That was June 2019. Oh, wow. So that was July. Just a years June, ago. July. Yep. June, July 2019. And I oh. got pregnant right after. <laughs> and then COVID hit and then quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whoa. So tell me when you came back, because I know I had similar when I went to Africa, mm-hmm. my first and only time. And I thought it was just, I was just mind blown. I was mind blown. Like, yeah, there was dirt roads, but then we were going to a place that had a pool. And I was like, wait, how do they yes. have pools, but they have dirt roads <laughs> and they don't have garbage, like waste management. Like I was so confused. And then they had like DoorDash before we even had, before DoorDash was kicking here. Like you, I was mind boggled. And the people mm-hmm. were just wonderful. And you just see people just hustling, but in a good way, like, hey, this, this, like, it was just, I was just mindful. And where we stood was, was beautiful, but the lights would go out and we were okay. We just like candles. We had and that too. Stay. And I'm like, right. if that was in Florida, oh no, everybody would be like, I'm hot. I'm this, we'd be complaining. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, right. gosh, I was like, I hope when I come back, I'm not going to have like the first world problems and complain, but it took some time. And of course I did, you know, and I still, let me, let me say, I still try and when I do feel myself getting frustrated for certain things that really are ridiculous in my way, I'll be like, come on, Nicole, like, you know, it could be worse, like really think about what this is and I'll try and let it pass. Did you have a similar experience with that where you're like, wow, like you, you leave this place, you're on your plane, you're like, okay, you think of Starbucks and all these like, like privileges and things that we're able to get to at a drop of a hat, you know, water that you know we had to go to to get water at the at the pharmacist they call or no the chemist to get water to drink coming back from Africa I had this experience where you know I didn't want to fall into the same trap of the the you know like oh it's Starbucks it's this it's that and you know complaining about little things and rushing and being on that hamster wheel because you know from going from oh the power goes out we light some candles we didn't have AC and it was just I don't know it was just the the energy about it was just kind of like you go with it and everything is still going to be okay like you're just good did you kind of have that same experience where you're like you didn't want to let yourself kind of get caught up again especially coming from a place that was so loving that didn't have a lot per se like you said dirt roads and you're with animals and now you're coming back to the hustle and bustle of Georgia yes absolutely I did not want that experience again and actually prior to leaving I was trying to get rid of that whole experience like I stopped going out 
worked a lot. Like I wasn't doing a lot of going, going out too much. I was more home wanting to learn how to garden and and figure out life around us. And which was crazy because right after I came back from India, what what, only a couple of months later, we hit the pandemic and it was like, okay, everybody slow down, everybody slow down. But yes, I, I definitely felt exactly what you felt when I came home. I don't want to be in the hustle and bustle. Mm -hmm. I want everything to move slow. I want to work for myself. I want to move the way I want to move. I want my family to be at peace. Like if they want to do something, yeah, let's go out and do it. Sure. But I don't want us to have to be like, okay, this is the schedule. We need to be at gymnastics at 10 and this, because we were doing that. And that is just way too much. It's way too much. Yeah. So, yeah. And how did that play on your, so, okay, before we jump into how that played on your kids, tell me your ages of your children and (laughs) how that transferred into your kids and did they make a difference where they were like wait what's going on because you know moms we, we rule it let's be let's be honest mm-hmm. we're the schedule keepers we you know we're the planners the organized organizers we're all that in between at least I know in my household and I know that's mm-hmm. the majority you know that's just what we yeah. do so to kind of be like all right we're gonna whatever like how were they like whoa or were they accepting of it but before that tell me the ages <laughs> all right so I have one that just turned 24. I had yes. her when, I, yes, I had her when I was 14. And then I have my 21 year old. He just turned 21 in March. I have a 16 year old. I have 13, 11, nine, ooh, girl, nine, nine, six, three, and eight months. Wow. God bless. So I I love this because you really have are have parented through different decades stages. and stages. And, you know, cause I have, I always say this, like my OG moms that, cause I started, I started out older. I was 30, my son would be three and a half and I only have one. And I was so 34, mm-hmm. 35, I think is when I had him. And I've had girlfriends. Yeah. One of my girlfriends, her son, gosh, just turned 21. So we laugh and mm-hmm. she's like, girl, you still in it. I'm, I'm about done. I only got a couple she done. more. She's done. <laughs> but her youngest is like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. So that's, I don't, I don't have really like the full on, you know? So tell mm-hmm. me what has that been like? And the growth, cause I know we can't get into probably every yeah. birth and every, um, child's story but what has been the growth like for you Tanya to go from goodness from 14 to now you know you're well you're going to be 39 this year so you had him at what 37 38 mm-hmm. what had, wet, like, yeah 38 I just so, had him <laughs> so what what has that growth been like for you and and what have you learned throughout all of this is it is it like look it just we're all still trying to figure it out like what has that been like for you okay so well we all know at 14 well I absolutely knew nothing. I was not ready to be anyone's mother. But what I can say is that I guess early on before there was some more shifts, I was very attentive to my firstborn. Mm -hmm. Like when she first got here, I would definitely pour into it was a, we would be saying affirmations and things like that. And those are things that, you know, I was not taught, but I felt the need to teach my daughter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we did those things, but she definitely got my youngest three, definitely. <laughs> they got a totally different mom than, than these than these other ones. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the 24, 21, 16, then you have the middle and then, yeah, like your, your babies are like completely yeah. like all those different transitions. Yes. It was so many different phases. So, you know, young mom, 
don't know much, but I did try to give them, you know, all sure. of the things that they needed. So of course, emotionally, I was not there. There was probably a lot of emotional, what is the word I'm looking for? A lack of emotional intelligence back then. So because you're still I learning. Think, yeah, exactly. And I'm still still learning. So we all are. Yeah. I, yeah. So I think for me, I didn't gain emotional intelligence until probably a good seven years ago. Wow. So yeah. So and even I mean, I'm an empath. So I can feel what other people feel and I can look at people yeah. and see, but there was something in me that just was, I just wasn't clicking with, you know, Hey, you need sure. to get that child and, and hug that child and love on that child and talk to that child, because those are the things that I didn't have. So that was what I was lacking, you know? Sure. Sure. And how do you maintain close relationships with your older kids now? Have you guys? Oh, yeah. Good, good. Cause yeah, I know well- <laughs> of older moms who've had younger kids and it can go either way, either they're not, mm-hmm. and it's taken time to connect. Or they are super, super close. And they're like, look, we grew up together, you know, and mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're good. You know what I'm saying? They understand. Yeah. And, you know, they were able to, I guess, for lack of a better word, hash it out or yeah, lash it, hash yeah. it out and figure it out. Yeah, exactly. So that's basically what we're doing now. Like my, my oldest daughter and my son, he's coming around. He's well, we've, we've always been like, close but not close enough to where he feels like close in he doesn't want to talk so much he doesn't do a lot of talking so he was like me and I just told him that I'm like you're you're like your mom you don't you don't do a lot of um talking and that's not good we need to talk about how we feel and and things like that so he wasn't you know we didn't have that I didn't allow him to do that when he was younger so Mm -hmm. now it's I need you to tell me everything and (laughs) and how you feel I need to know it all but I do have my my 16-year-old, he's, he's, he's a tough one. He's in North Carolina, so we don't have him actually with us. Mm-hmm. But we sent him to go live with his grandfather. Yeah. And we don't know how that's going right now. So Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, you know, it's, I mean, again, I, I only have the one, but ex- from experiences I've seen of other mothers that I know, I'm, and this is probably what scares me with my son, because I feel like no matter what you do and what is raised, your kids are still going to have to figure out some things that maybe you can't control. And although we want to control their happiness and not, you know, and, and you know, and have be like, no, but everything's OK and whatever. It's like they still have to walk their own path. And that's probably what I know is going to take a little bit like I know that I have emotional intelligence. You understand mm-hmm. that. But the fear of that, of what my son's story is going to be that maybe I can't figure it out or maybe there is something I'm going to do to affect him that I won't know till he's older. We don't know, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Right. That right. scares me because we, we don't know. And our children are, are their own people. And, you know, we just got to pray and a lot, a lot of prayer <laughs> and hope that everything's good. But so tell me with your babies, what I guess have you learned and trying to do differently this time around? So now I just let them be who they are, be who you are. I let you express what you need to express. So there's a lot of talking. And if you're having an issue, let's figure out where the issue is stemming from and what can we do to make it better. And, you know, and I have my three-year-old, she likes to hit her sisters. So we we have to talk about that. And why do you think it's okay to put your hands on people? Because we stopped 
with the spanking and the beating. We stopped with that. Well, I definitely stopped with that years ago. My yeah. husband, he's still trying to get a grasp on it. But we have all younger girls, so he's definitely not going to oh, yeah, he's put his the, hands on them. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we have I a gotcha. baby boy, and that's that's the baby boy, and he's the baby, so he's definitely not going to. You know, he's coming oh, yeah. around to where we've had to de-school and and unschool from the things that we were taught. For sure. What do they call it? The not the general. Yeah, letting go of the generational. Not not necessarily a, a curse because mm-hmm. I was talking to another mother on here that her episode will be posting soon, and she's from Jamaica, and she was saying um, she was born in Jamaica, raised here, and we were like saying how our parents did it, and she's like, look, our parents did the best that they mm-hmm. could with what they Absolutely. had and what they knew. You know, obviously we're in our thirties. Things have changed. Things change from when your son was born eight months ago and your daughter three years ago. Like things just change, right. and there's more studies. And I was like, but geez, if they could do it, I'm like, I think we'll be okay because we have so much more resources than they ever had. And I was like, then I think we're doing pretty good. So I said, I do have hope. I said, but the scary part is now it's the world that we're living in. So I try and tell my parents that I'm like, look, because the same thing, we try and talk. We don't spank either. The only time I have, I guess, quote unquote, spanked him or hit his hand is like if he tries to hit us. And I tell him, if you hit, expect to get hit back, right? If Mm -hmm. you hit first, don't be going around trying to hit anybody because then expect you might get right. popped that you might not like it. And it's so funny because my husband said that to him and he was like, but you hit me when I didn't hit you. And my husband's like, have we? Cause we try not to. And I was mm-hmm. like, I think you have like, and I was like, you know, he won't forget. He'll throw, he's three mm-hmm. and a half. He, threw, he was like, no, you've hit me when I didn't hit you. And my husband's like, okay, well I didn't mean to, but we don't go around just hitting people, you know? Mm-hmm. But I say that to say, you know, we're, we are trying correct. We know it's in a different time. So I think we have to raise them for this time and to raise them for the time is being open, not just doing what I say, but really understanding where that place is coming mm-hmm. from and knowing that they're going to know more information than you and I ever knew at, at the right. ages that we knew. So we have to be honest because if they smell any BS from us, oh, they'll I feel like you. that's it. Then they'll, they'll either tell us or they're like, oh, then I can't mm-hmm. trust to give me anything. Maybe my right. friend is telling me the right information because you just lied. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's and- how we were. <laughs> Exactly. If our parents are not telling us we're going to get it from, I don't know where I was raised in New York. So, you know, we got, I was born in the Bronx. I was born in New York, but raised here, but I have parents that from the, from that era. So I, Mm -hmm. yeah. So we, we definitely got a taste of this and that over in New York and yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So you need to be, so to say we have to raise differently has to be a different way of letting open-minded. Yes. And I think, and not only for the times that we're living in, but I mean, look what you said, your emotional intelligence, yes, you've been an impact, but for you to really understand and maybe even understand why you do certain things was seven years ago. I could say even for me too, probably when I got into my thirties to really have a grasp of who I am and all of that in between. Oh my goodness. If we talk to our kids, if I would have had known some of these things when I knew younger to really reflect and in, Maybe I wouldn't have gone through some of the things. And again, not our parents' fault. They just didn't mm-hmm. know. But if right. now we know, then we need to share. We need to tell them these things. Right. Absolutely. I, I absolutely believe that because they need to know exactly what's going on. You need to know exactly what's happening out in these streets. You need to know what's going on everywhere around you. You need to be aware. And if your parents aren't teaching you, you're going to get it from outside or, uh, sources. Or try and mm-hmm. figure it out yourself. And right. Right. And what it might be. 
You know, it's like, no, we're going to tell you. And if you do this way, and, and I'm very thankful, my father always had that kind of straight up. He's like, look, if you ever get stopped from the cops, you know, you ask for a lawyer. My father was born in the Bronx. So he knows mm-hmm. growing up in that inner city life, like, no, you ask for a lawyer. You know, mommy and daddy can only help you till you're 18. Once you're an adult, you, every decision you make, like he's instilled certain things mm-hmm. because he's like, this is true life. You're, yeah. you're a minority. And I mean, and I was a girl, but still, you know, and that kind of always stayed. And that was back then. So it's now in you raising your, your daughters and your sons and me with my little boy. I'm like, no, we have to have some of these conversations from early. Like, look, it's not going to be the same. And, right. you know, oh, goodness, so much, so much conversations of it's me late. teaching him boundaries <laughs> and, and being a gentleman and personal space. And mm-hmm. when he's That's alone with girls. You know, right, right. And that's what I'm teaching, teaching them. I don't know, my baby, the eight month old, he's, he's a little touchy with himself already. I'm like, okay, these are the things that we have to make sure that we we do in the privacy of our own homes in our own bedrooms, you can't let people see you do these things. And not and not making feel shameful. I interviewed a woman, she's a sexual abuse survivor. And we talked about that. And she was like, look, from what my kids could understand, we were like, that's your penis, that's her vagina. Mm-hmm. And my son, she was like, would and be like, okay, and you can, but no one should ever see that. And yeah. you do that when you have your own time. And I was like, from a Absolutely. baby, she's like, from a baby. I didn't make him feel shameful. I didn't make him feel disgusted by it. This is your body and you have all the right to explore your body and no one mm-hmm. has the right to explore your body, but you. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But she's like, but that's the only way. She's like, if, she's like, if we're not taught, then if something happens or if they don't, we don't teach them, then they think, well, maybe, and they don't feel like they have control over their own body. Absolutely. You have to let them know that this is their body. You can touch it whenever you want to touch it, but please touch it in the privacy of your bedroom. (laughs) Okay. And no one else is allowed to touch it at all. This is, this is your body. So yeah, we don't want to build shame and guilt around body parts because then comes the other issues later on in life. So we don't want those. No, we don't. Absolutely not. So, okay. Your journey into becoming a yogi the sound healer. Tell me the whole sound healing part. Is that part of the, what is it called? Like the, like the drum circle thing? Like what is sound? Tell me, tell me a little bit of what that is and what you do regarding that. Okay. Sound healing actually can be the drums because in Mm. all cultures, they have sound healing. That's what music is. Music is sound healing. It's the vibration Mm. of the frequencies. So what I do is bowls though. I have crystal bowls and I also have a brass bowl that I purchased when I was in India. In India, separate from what I, the classes I took, we went and took sound healing meditation classes as well. So he just taught us about the bowls and how to play different notes and how to use the notes to heal the body. Because all the sound healing does is vibration, moving energy, blockages through your body really so what mm-hmm. when you because I, I I take yoga every Wednesday I do yin yoga which I love mm-hmm. because it's lots of stretching yin. and meditation mm-hmm. love it and I've done other yoga but to me I think at this point in my life because I have so much yin. like I could I staying in the position front I love it and this was the first class that she used the bowls and mm-hmm. I got a vibration but I guess I was a little uncomfortable because maybe I didn't know like what I was supposed to feel. So I guess I would ask you for someone like me, do I just lay in it? Like, do I move into it? Am I supposed to meditate as I hear it? Like, what's the feeling to to really immerse myself into it, I guess, if I'm saying that correctly? 
Okay, you just want to feel what you're supposed, <laughs> what you're supposed, and what you're supposed to feel is different for everybody. So, in order, I say, in order for you to get the feeling of the vibrations, just lay there. Don't mm-hmm. think. Don't don't try to concentrate on anything. Don't try to concentrate on the feelings yet. Just lay there and let the vibrations run through you and see where it's coming from. Because if you, that's when you start noticing, just, just lay down, let, let the vibrations go through the body. And if you're starting to feel uncomfortable, figure out what part of your body is feeling uncomfortable in that vibration. And then once that's over, you can try and work through that because you know, we hold on to emotions and traumas in certain parts of our body. Mm-hmm. So just figure out where that vibration is coming from. That that weird feeling that you're saying you're getting, yeah. that feeling you you were getting, figure out where it's at. Was it in the heart center? Was it in the belly area? Was it in your lower root chakra area? Where was it? Do you remember? I think it was like my whole, honestly, no. I think I was just like, what is going on? Because I did, I felt the vibrations and I was like, Mm -hmm. whoa. And I was a little like, okay, I was trying to go into, but it still was a little much. So, but I'm I'm sure she's going to have it again because most of the class like enjoyed it. So I'm sure she'll do it again. And now that you're saying it, I didn't ask her, you know, we finished the class and left, but now that you mentioned that, I think I'll pay attention more and figure out where is it coming from? And then I guess figure out why, you know, what part Mm -hmm. of the area that made me like a little tense. Cringe up. Yeah. Cringe up because Mm -hmm. that shouldn't make like it's that those frequencies should actually help you relax but I guess if you have something in you and you're like wait a minute now you know what what is that you definitely should have asked her too because you want to know what note she was playing Ah. because different notes correspond with different parts of our body Ooh, that's so interesting so Mm -hmm. did you use any of that how does that help let's say like pregnant women or birth experiences did you did you or do you know any of that of correlation of that? Does it help? I haven't, I haven't used any, well, I'm sure frequencies and, and things like that help with delivery. I haven't used any of that during delivery, but while I was pregnant, I definitely did sound healing and all yeah. of that. And that, that, that kept me calm. So I would do sound healing when I would feel like a little on edge and, mm-hmm. and things like that. I would def- sit down with the kids. We do those things. But other than that, I did not use it while I was while I was in labor. And I'm sure if- that can probably help because it, it's kind of like hypnobirthing. It's it, it should help. And that's what I did use with my son. I was I just actually, my next question was going to be, how, how are the different labor and delivery stories? If you could just say high level, like, you know, did you have C-section and then go into VBAC and vaginal? Because I know a lot of women who kind of go into more because you're, you're going holistic, right? This very mm-hmm, like yes. intro into personal self-love and, you know, the yoga, all of that is, is a lot of holistic healing. So women who have had maybe C-sections and they kind of were open to this other realm of things and a little bit more educated and like, wait a minute, I have, I know more now. So I know I can, whatever it yes. is, then they've had V-backs and gone into vaginal. So what was that like for you? Did you have a home birth? So I had eight hospital births, seven of them vaginally. One was my last, my three-year-old was a C-section, an emergency succession, C-section that I think could have been avoided. But my son was a VBAC, free birth and uh, partial while pregnancy. So I stopped seeing the doctor probably about at 15 weeks. Mm. I stopped going, stopped going to the doctor. I, I realized, started doing some research that none of these tests that they're doing 
are even necessary. These glucose tests and the blood tests. And it's just like, if I feel I went with total intuition here, if I feel that something is wrong, then I will seek professional help. So I was absolutely healthy throughout all my pregnancy. I was super active. This was my last pregnancy. I'm going to say may have been opposed to the three, my early three, I was younger. So yeah, my, my oldest three, they were super easy. I was young. I was running every day. I was active, super active. But as I got older, I got lazier. So when I got pregnant, I'm just not doing anything, but this pregnancy, this last one, I went into it. I was a vegetarian. I didn't start eating meat until later on in the pregnancy. And my body was calling for it. Yeah. But other than that, this pregnancy was amazing. Free, free awesome. and wild. No, no doctors bothering me. No poking, no prodding. I labored at home, birthed him at home. That's me awesome. and my husband, <laughs> my oldest daughter took video. So it was really, amazing. so there's no midwife, mm-hmm. no nothing. Nope. Just me and the hubby and the kids. Wow. And then, so I had a midwife and I had a home birth. Yeah. And I know there's still certain. So what was that like? What did he, did you do the delayed cord camp clamping? Did you then go to the hospital to have him check? Like, what is that like? Tell me that I'm intrigued. We did did Lotus birth. So we never cut the placenta. So we did Lotus birth. I wrapped it. I got a little bag off of Etsy. It was so cute. (laughs) And his placenta is actually still in it. And yeah, I froze it. I'm going to plant trees with it. That's awesome. Some, some fruit trees. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but, yeah. um, yep. We had the, the, not the delayed cord clamping, but we did Lotus first. I weighed him. I checked all of his vitals myself and we stayed home. No doctor after oh, nothing. Wow. And you just did your regular checkup or no pediatrician at all? No pediatrician at all. Wow. <laughs> and he's good. Everything he's good fine. to go, honey. He's Love about it. to be walking. He's eight months zooming through the house, baby. Wow. <laughs> so for the listeners who don't know, what is a uh, lotus birth? A lotus birth is when you don't detach the placenta. They call the placenta the forgotten chakra. So yeah. it's basically the baby's first friend, the baby's first guide where yeah. the nutrients come from. That's where they're tugging and they're loving on it. it it's their life force. So did not disconnect them from that. We left that on until the umbilical cord dropped off. And once that dropped off, we just took it and I put it in the freezer and I am going to use it to plant some trees in our yard. That's awesome. That's beautiful. I love it. Okay. So tell me that we spoke about some benefits of yoga and sound healing. So what was important for you for the self-love aspect of it? Because I know you spoke a lot when you went to India about love and just how loving they, they were. Where do you think that stemmed from with the whole aspect of it? Is it because you can't kind of have one without the other, like, like speak on the self-love and just the love aspect of it. And then the importance of following your passion and, and that connection. Okay. With so I feel like once you develop love for yourself, once you realize who you are and you know, what you, what you like to do and who you're supposed to be on this planet, and not worry about what's going on on the outside or what people have lied to you and told you you're not great. You're, you're awesome. Like once you realize how great that you are and how much love you have within yourself, it's easy for you to love others. And I feel like when we have compassion and grace and we accept all of those, those heartfelt feelings, the world will just 
you exude that, you give that off. And when you give that off, it touches someone else and it's the energy transfer. And that's what I, yeah. And it just keeps going. So I think that is what we need more of. And that's why if you have self-love, which is the most important, you could easily give it to someone else. And while you're out there doing that, the transfer just continuously happens. No, I love it. I, 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 I was talking to a girl yesterday and we were talking about that, how like the times in my life where let's say I might've been more reactive, could have been anything, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe argumentative more, maybe having more road rage and just, you know, just in my like, ugh, you know, reactive mode. When right. I look back, I was like, yeah, I was definitely going through something, you know, mm-hmm. definitely. And yes. I, could, I, could, I could pinpoint and know exactly in my life where maybe I wasn't confident, maybe I wasn't having... Um, the self-love with myself. And I can see that I was acting that way. But now, because I am in a different transition point in my life and I have more to lose, I have a family, I'm more thankful of certain things. Someone arguing with me at Publix or in the road, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't react the same. So we were talking about the house, the world had more of that and people were less in that and knowing that it's healthy to talk about and finding outlets, we wouldn't have what we have. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. We took a plane back in July. We went to California. We had all of the children with us. And one of the women on the plane was like, really, really, really nasty. Like to the children. I have all, I had all of my children with me on the plane. So she was just being nasty. And I said, that we won't do. We're not going to respond. Yeah. To nasty with nasty. We're, We're on a trip, a family trip. We're going to continue to move in love. And that is what it is. And we, we're not going to allow people to change our energy. So, and that's what it is. Once you learn how to shift your energy and not allow people to impact you, this place will be such, <laughs> so much better. Yeah, because you're sitting there, you're like, you know, it has nothing to do with you. There's something obviously going through. Right. No, one just, no one just does it because you didn't do it. You're like, you don't even know me. Right. Even to have. But it does, you know, because I, I think of those things and I'm like, gosh, this would have been when I was like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 to maybe even like <laughs> mid 20s. It would have been a whole different conversation. Right. Um, of the reactiveness. And then, but I always think about that when I ever am. And I'm like, well, what is that going to solve? Like just mm-hmm. the energy depleted. And then this, I'm like, no, it just is. And not where is it coming it. from? Why am I so angry? Like, Correct. where is that? Yeah. Why, why is that happening? So I catch myself with that a lot because I don't know if it's being raised in New York. I'm just so raw all the time. Like, <laughs> yes. I, I, I used to be like that. So Sometimes I catch it coming back up and I'm like, hold on, girl, what is your problem? <laughs> like, wh- where is this coming from? The aggression, so, yeah. the, 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 yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I know it's so funny. It's so true. And I know New Yorkers get such, and like I said, I left when I was four, but I was raised with two parents. New York is my mm-hmm. family. So it's embedded in me, but it's, it's funny how they say that people. And I'm like, yeah, why do it? But I'm like, it's, it's hustle bustle. We have to be yeah. right. Cause everyone's Moving trying to fight fast. for the next yep. one. And if you, if you don't take it, someone else is, so you got to kind of be 10 steps ahead. That just is what it is. Right. You right. know, and but I yes, don't like it. no, 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 no. Because <laughs> it just, it's not a very good feeling. And like you said, then it's just like, you have this like energy that is just attracting then things. And I feel like when you do have that energy, you do attract. Cause I know I, yeah. I do have negative friends or friends that kind of whatever that's like where the initial jump to and I'm always like come on man let's see the bright side and they're like you always and I'm like because there is I'm like really truly mm-hmm. if you think about it there's always another side where you're like okay well maybe this but let me look at it this way I'm like because it could always always be worse I was like and right. yeah I can I can I can lay in that thought and be miserable I'm like well what's that gonna do I said if we stay miserable for too long it could be scary as hell to get back out right 
Absolutely. And I never want to sit in any miserable place at all. You don't want to be there. No. And I think for women, we have it worse because we're always on a hormonal rage with whatever it is. I was, someone was telling me there's a book that tells us we have the different cycles along from just our period. It's like this Mm -hmm. different cycle thing. And I'm like, Jesus, I'm like, so yeah, we completely have all the things racked against us Mm because we're just a hormonal thing. And then we're going to add negativity because I'm like, oh no, I I, I can't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we got everything from the world that's coming in. And then I, I don't know how, which, wh- where your sense is with astrology, but the moon, that affects us as well. And it's just, we got everything going on. <laughs> so, I mean, so if you're heading right. You got to keep you, your vibes high. Yeah. Yes. A thousand percent. So tell me, cause I know this is, this is your business, correct? This is what you yes. do. You help women, you teach classes, all of that. Mm-hmm. Or do you do in person? Do you do any virtual I do virtual. Yep. I do virtual. I do in person. I was in Atlanta, so I was doing a lot in Atlanta at the time, but now we're more in the Macon area. But wherever people are, if you want to get in contact with me via my website, you can go ahead. We have, I have a YouTube page. You can pull up some stuff there. I need to load some more stuff up there, but we have some stuff. It's actually, I turned it into like a family page. So you'll get YouTube, you'll get yoga. You can get some meditation there too, affirmations, and then you'll get our fun family stuff as well. That's awesome. And I'll put that, you could say that towards the, you'll say when I, when I usually say final thoughts, you could put like the website, but I'll also put in the show notes. So tell me just for any tips for women that maybe want to turn their passion into a business. So this is now you become a passion. Any tips for that? Like, you know, just go ahead and do it because if you do not follow your passion, you will be miserable. I am going to tell you that when you are (coughs) doing work that is not fulfilling, when you are doing work that is not fulfilling, whatever that is for you, you're not going to be happy until you're doing something that you really feel from the heart. You have to have a passion for what you're doing. Yeah. There was a quote I posted that Jay-Z, I had retweeted or not retweeted, but reposted on my IG. And he's like, and if you don't have that feeling, then you haven't found it yet. So keep searching for it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you just have to keep looking. Keep looking. Remember what it is that you love to do when you were a child. I mean, Mm -hmm. there has to be something out there that you absolutely love doing. And once you do it, turn it into work and it won't even be work, honey. For sure. (laughs) Other than yoga and meditation, what else do you do to recharge and refill your cup? Exercise. I love to read. I just started exercising again. So I'll be doing a lot of that running. And I love cardio. I love to run. So running, reading, taking myself out on dates, which I haven't done in a while, but that, that's a good recharge for me. Just being alone out in nature. Nature is my thing. Yeah. I can be in the mountains. I can be in a stream. I can be anywhere. As long as I'm surrounded by nature, I'm good. But that's awesome. those are, yeah, those are the things that I love to do. So what do you and your husband do to get away and have night time? Is it, you know, when the kids go to sleep? Like, oh, honey, we have been in the middle of renovation. I don't even know what my husband looks like right now. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been out. We we purchased our home in December and we've been renovating since. So we haven't been anywhere, but I think we'll be traveling again soon. But that was our thing. Our thing was to travel. So we yeah. like to island hop. So okay. I'll probably That's awesome. yeah, be trying to find somewhere for him to relax and lay on the beach. That's cool. Yeah. We I like to island hop too. And my husband's that to travel. And when we got together, this is like 10 years ago, he's like, I travel. He's like, I've been a bachelor and I've traveled. He's like, so I'm telling you with her, without you, I'm traveling. And yes. I'm like, yeah. And I'm thinking in my mind, yeah, no, like he's, when we're together, he's like, no, 
I travel. So if you can't afford the ticket, because we're dating at this time, he's like, thank you. Bye. I, don't know what to tell you. I was like, oh no, I was like, I got to step my game up. And it, I did, I had to step my game up Good. because I was like, oh man, I was like, no, he's, he's like leaving me. He's like, I need to get away every few months. He's like, whether it's visiting family in DC, he's like, I, I just can't. He's like, now what's interesting though, when he's home, oh, he could be a homebody and be in that house and you won't see him for three months. But then when he goes and he's out, oh, he could be on like 20, like a 24 hour, like binge of like nonstop, not sleeping and traveling. And I'm like, dude, you're like one extreme to the next. That's me because I'll be home and I don't even, I don't even like going out in the grocery stores. I'll order my groceries. I'll go pick them up. I'll have Instacart drop them off. But honey, if you tell me a plane is coming, I'm getting on that, that plane. Or if I have to get on, go on a road trip, I love road trips. That's my thing. So yeah, I, I definitely understand it. If you had to step your game up to, to get, to yeah, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm thankful I did. I'm thankful I didn't because we've we've been to some awesome places and traveling. I think traveling is so funny because my husband's from Brooklyn, and he has you know he same thing like you know we're, we I think when we're from New York the innate we don't trust immediately when we meet people we're always like well who's mm-hmm. telling what like I don't know at least that's how I you know you're like wait what is this there's always something. <laughs> But when we travel, my it's so amazing. My husband's so open-minded. He's an introvert, but when we travel, he'll talk to anybody. And I remember I, it, it bothered me when we first started dating. I'm like, why is this dude, like, we're on a trip. It's just us. Why is he talking to everybody? Men, women, old, young, it doesn't matter. Where mm-hmm. me, I am personable. The way we are here, when we're out traveling, I always had a fear because I'm like, we're in another country. So I'm more of the, I don't know who you are. So it's mm-hmm. funny how that kind of brought me out of my shell because Good. since I started opening up of talking to people randomly to your point of like seeing love and this and that and people being mm-hmm. so whatever. And I'm like, look at what I'm missing being so afraid in yes. my own head. And that's learning right there. You're unlearning that right there. I am because that was ingrained in me from my father. No, you don't know. And you don't, what, what did he want? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, daddy, why is everything, what does he want? And he's like, because everybody wants something. And I'm like, not really. Not <laughs> Some people just want to say guys. hi. <laughs> Not all the time. But that's how you learn different cultures. That's how you have to speak to the people. And that's another thing that I want for my children, world learning. I want us to travel the world so that they can just learn different cultures and, yeah. and things like that. For sure. It's unlearning what, what we are seeing on TV and what we've been told, what we've exactly. read in books and knowing that, wait, I remember when we told people we're going to Africa, they're like, wait, there's I'm like, yes, there's buildings. Like people had this ideology that we were going in the bush like all day. And I'm like, no, they have a town, they have a city, they have roads. Right. Like, yes, they have an airport. They're one of the richest, they're the richest. You do know that, right? Yes. So, you know, but again, but even me, I had to mm-hmm. kind of second, but it's what we're, what we're shown on TV. And, and, and until it wasn't right. until I got there and I'm like, oh my God. So yes, kudos to traveling and putting out there to more traveling in 2021 and beyond. Believe. Okay. Let's do this quick get to know. Since you do love to read, what is a favorite book or one you would like to recommend? I recommend The Four Agreements. The Four Agreements. Let me get the author for you. That's honey. I can't remember. Remember, what is his name? Where is it? Here it goes. Right here. Don Miguel Ruiz. Yes. Excellent book. What was it that (laughs) resonated with you? Just quickly. The Four Agreements. uh, Be impeccable with your words. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. Those are the things that you should carry with you all day, every day. I know. know. Watch your words. (laughs) Don't make any assumptions. I mean, words to live by. It's true. That's like it. Like, don't make assumptions. You don't know. And just keep it moving and just let it right. you know, go from there. Absolutely. What's a favorite movie or genre of movie? 
Hmm. Now my new thing is like sci-fi. That I've never been into sci-fi ever, but that's my new thing because there's so many hidden messages in there. <laughs> what's been one that you? What's been one that you've watched or that you like that you've seen? Hmm. Oh, honey, don't get me to trying to remember the names of these movies. I'm trying to think. Did you? What about any of the shows? Did you Lovecraft Country? That's kind of like a sci-fi. Oh that's yeah, love Lovecraft country and then there's another one on prime them did you see that one no my girlfriend told me about that and she's and i was telling her about lovecraft country she was like yo them is off the chain yeah them kind of puts you in that same kind of mindset but honey the the subliminals in that thing is just amazing yeah love it. i love it okay <laughs> yeah i have to you're now the second person because yeah I, I and we saw it and i was like i don't know i don't know if i right now but now that you're the sec, you know, second person telling me, then I guess we'll have to check it's it out. A, it's a lot to watch, though. It's a lot to watch. Like, some scenes are a lot to watch, so you have to prepare yourself because at, at some points I was just like, oh, I don't know if I can watch because I'm very cognizant about what I take in. So it's a lot. So you, you got yeah, to yeah. prepare. But I love, sub, I love subliminal messages that make me think that I'm like, oh, shoot, I see what they're trying to do here with that and that. I think mm -hmm. it's so genius. I thought, and I thought Lovecraft Country was genius. They took the horror yes. with the sci-fi and the racial tensions. And then this, I was like, oh my God. Same thing in them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Love it. The same um, thing. What has motherhood taught you? Patience. A lot of it. I, I've learned patience over the years. It's taught me unconditional love. To love my children without conditions, all of them are absolutely different. They're totally different in every way. And to still love on them because I see parts of me. That's yeah. what I see in them. So that's, that's what I've learned from motherhood, just to love my children for who they are and what they are. Love it. And what they're going to be, right? It, and what true. they're going to be. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Final <laughs> thoughts to the podcast world. Any final, any final messages? Um, and then after that, you can say how they can reach you. I'm going to say be true, be you and be free. I mean, because that's, that's the only way you're going to be free is if you're, you're yourself. So be you, be true and be free. I have I shirts that it. say that guys. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, go ahead. Put your, put your <laughs> website, put your Instagram. Let them okay, know. So my website is uh, www.yoga with Tanya B, C A N Y A B dot com. You can um, book your sound healing there. You can book your yoga classes there. You can buy some cute apparel with motivating words on them. You can get some body butter and some crystal jewelry. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, yes. Tanya, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on, for sharing your truth, for sharing your journey and continued blessings to you for love and light. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. Please share this episode, download it, rate, review and subscribe to my show if you haven't already done so. And tune in next time to hear another fierce mama share her motherhood journey. Continue blessings to you all for love and light.